Hi, I'm Zora, and welcome back to A Chronic Life. <sighs> Grief. I'm not gonna lie, I have been putting off writing this episode for a very, very long time now. Partly because I felt like it wouldn't be fair of me to talk about grief without experiencing it at first, and everything that comes with it. And partly because I was simply scared. I was scared because once I put it all into writing, it suddenly all becomes real. I think the best way for me to start would be to tell you a bit of what happened and why I've been gone for such a long time. I have never really mentioned this on my podcast before, but when I was about 14, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. I remember the day she told me very vividly. She asked me to sit down. I started crying immediately. Because no one asks you to sit down in order to share some life-changing, cheerful news. Most of the time, someone has either died or is dying. After she told me, I remember asking her over and over again if she's going to die and her telling me that no... She's not. Still, the news was too much for me to handle, so I went out for a walk and called one of my friends crying. And later, my mom came looking for me and picked me up by car. It was a strange seven years of my life because not much really changed. My mom never really looked sick, she didn't lose her hair because of the chemo. Her cancer was something we all knew about, but never really talked about. In my mind, she was somehow still healthy, and I never really understood, or rather, had the courage to accept that she wasn't. During my time growing up, my dad had always been the one who had been sick. You see, he has a lung disease. And so, from very early on, I remember thinking that I'm going to lose my dad at some point and I somehow kept preparing myself for that by trying to spend as much time with him as possible. My dad was also 18 years my mom's senior so I just always assumed that I would lose him first. I also always saw my mom as this strong independent woman who could do anything she set her mind to and as someone who never showed weakness. During the summer of 2021, my parents told me that they were going to stop my mother's treatment because it was doing more harm than good. We had known for a while already that she couldn't be saved and that the chemo was only about prolonging her life, but I don't think I ever really understood it until then. I don't know if I even understood it at that point. I remember my dad telling me that when his mom died, he distanced himself because it was too painful for him to bear and that if there is one adv advice he can give me, it is for me to try to not do that and spend as much time with my mom as possible during these remaining few months. I tried, 
but I did the exact opposite of what my dad told me. I distanced myself. The thought of losing her was partly too painful, and I don't think I could really believe it either. So whenever I saw her, I kept my distance. I remember all she tried to do all summer was reach out to me and spend as much time with me as possible. And I know that after a person dies, we all have regrets. We all feel like there were things left unsaid, more that we could have done, more love we could have given. But I think that is inevitable, or so I have learned. If you didn't notice, my mother was Hungarian, and so during the summer, we went to Hungary one last time, and God was that hard. I mean, I had grown up there, went to school there, spoken Hungarian every single day of my life. I don't do that anymore. So during that trip, I could barely be at home, because it was really the first time I had spent a longer period with my mother continuously and realized and how bad of a shape she really was. But there was this one night though that I spent at home and I just couldn't sleep. So I went to my mom, just like I did when I was a little girl, when I had trouble falling asleep, and I just burst out crying. I told her I told her that I don't think I can live without her and that I can't lose her. And she told me that she will always be here in my heart. And that was the first time I really realized that it was all true because she didn't say, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. She really was dying. Looking back, I'm really happy that I opened up to her that one night. I ended up sleeping in her bed, just like when I did when I was a little girl, taking comfort in my mom's closeness. On the 9th of September, I woke up to my dad calling me, telling me that my mom had died. I didn't know how to react. Of course, I started hysterically crying at first, but after that I kind of compartmentalized it and started distracting myself by printing pictures of her like a maniac running around the city, then framing all these photos, answering all the I'm sorry for your lost messages. But I was numb. I was numb for a pretty long time, even though I sometimes broke down in tears. I don't think I really understood what had happened. Immediately after that, I had to travel to Hungary because there was a lot of bureaucracy that needed to be attended to, and there still is. When I was there, I just kept running around without the break, without the break from place to place. If you have listened to any of my previous podcasts, you know that I suffer from chronic pain, which limits my life to a great degree. Because of that, I had to take quite a lot of medication to be able to keep moving all day long, every single day. 
What I didn't realize was that I also had a urinary infection from earlier that I had gotten treatment for, but still never really went away. And so my stomach pain only got worse during the trip. And I just thought it was my regular regular stomach <laughs> ache acting up. So I just kept taking more and more medication. Another important detail I want to mention is that at this time I had a cat called Madikke, who was literally my whole world. I treated her like a queen, and I had just gotten her the spring before, when I was really depressed, and so I always kept saying that she saved my life, because she suddenly gave me a reason to keep going. So when I went so when I went on this trip, I took her with me as emotional support and had started putting a lot of weight on the fact that at least I still had her. As the pain got progressively worse and it started moving up towards my lower back as well and all I could do was lie in bed and cry, I suddenly heard a strange voice from the living room. Something like a scream. It was Madiken. She had gotten an epileptic attack and I started hysterically calling the animal emergency wet center, an ambulance. No one no one was answering. No taxis were available either. And but by the time I had gotten a car, Madikan was dead. She was dead and I couldn't save her the way she had saved me. I had never felt so much pain in my life. First my mom, then Madikken. I kept banging my head against the wall, screaming at her that she couldn't do this to me. And so the next day, I had to bury my own cat in my own childhood backyard, where I had once lived with my mom and dad. Meanwhile, my condition was only getting worse. My childhood best friend's mother called an ambulance, but they told me that the waiting time at the hospital was 12 hours and my flight was about to leave in 14. So I decided to take the flight back to Finland and go to the emergency room there. And found out that I had a very severe infection that had reached my kidneys, hence the incredible pain. The next day was my mother's funeral. My dad and I had barely slept. We woke up at 5 a.m., got dressed and started driving. We got there early and I didn't want to see them carrying her casket, so we decided to go and wait in a cafe. When we were about ready to go back to the funeral, ironically, I apparently screamed out fell to the floor and had an epileptic attack, just like Madikken a few days before. And so the ambulance had to come pick me up and I couldn't attend my own mother's funeral. I had several more of these attacks at the hospital, but... And then when I finally got home, I decided to take a break from my studies and try to deal with all that has that had happened. But how do you deal with losing the very person who gave you the gift of life? 
How are you supposed to cope? I wish I had some magic solution or even advice to tell you, but I don't. They say time heals, and in certain ways it does. I don't pick up the phone that often anymore to call my mom only to realize that there won't be an answer on the other side. But it still hurts just as much, if not more, as it did on the 9th of September. I think that is also because I think that is also because it took me a long time to accept that it had really happened. I still sometimes have a hard time understanding it, understanding that someone who has had been there every single day of your life, someone whom you have talked to every single day of your life is suddenly just gone. Just when things were starting to get better and I was feeling like leaving the house again, our family dog died. The dog that our family got when I was just eight. The dog that I had grown up with. I don't think that is something I have even understood yet. There is only so much loss a person can take and there is only so much the human mind can even begin to understand. When he died, all these wounds opened up again and it felt like I was back right where I started. Someone died. I had to leave for Hungary, run around like a crazy person for a week, only to come back for it to all come crashing down once again. It took me quite a while to pick up the pieces again, but I did. I started forcing myself to leave the house, to do something every day, to study, to talk to people and stop isolating myself. These last two days have been very tough. This past weekend was the first time I took a trip that wasn't to Hungary. And so it was kind of the first time I could for even a moment forget about it all. And I think that coming back to reality and facing the fact that unfortunately nothing has changed took a real toll on me. And so I spent the past two days basically crying. But that's okay. Because grief is not linear. Healing is not linear. There are days that are filled with absolute joy. And days where even getting out of bed is a struggle. I read somewhere that grief is love with no place to go. I do believe that that is at least in some ways true. I wish I could tell you that I no longer wake up in the middle of the night at least three or four times a week of of a bad dream about my mom, my cat or my dog dying, that I don't catch myself replaying the scene of seeing Madik and taking her last breath right in front of me, that I no longer wake up soaking in sweat every morning or get extremely triggered by every movie that involves a parental figure dying of cancer. I wish I could tell you that I'm doing okay. But what I can tell you is that I'm doing my very best. And maybe, just maybe, 
that is enough for now. <laughs>